0: Good morning, and welcome to Harvest Church. Let's start with our confession. When we say this, let's mean it, amen? By the way, we've got new people in the sound booth, so be patient. Okay? They're doing the best that they can. Oh, God. Sanctuary to see your power and your glory because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise you, thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. Amen. sing, oh, honor, be all authority and the oh, power, we sing Jesus, as we sing Jesus. Thank Eyes and lift your hands. You are the reason we're here this morning, Lord. We set our attention upon you, Jesus, our Savior, our Lord. Our hearts, our minds, spirits are focused on you this morning you are the reason we sing our souls and teach us the things of the Lord come and stir our souls so come and stir our souls and teach us the things of the Lord Come and serve our soul, teach us the things of the Lord, open our eyes. Your way, teach us your way. Teach me, teach me your way, teach me your way. Can your people no prison, a no wall that you can't break through, no mountain you can't move, things are possible. And there's no broken body you can't raise, no soul that you can't save, things are possible. There's no prison, wall that you can't break through No mountain you can not move All Things are possible And there's no broken body you can't raise No soul that you can't save All Things are possible darkest night, you can light it up, you can light it up. your voice so why should my heart
1: the one You'll not have your way. You'll not have this city. You'll not have northeast Nebraska. You'll not have this state or this nation or this world. For Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today. You're pouring out your glory and your spirit in this very hour. So Lord, God, open our spiritual eyes to see and our ears to hear what you, Holy Spirit, are speaking to the church in this hour. Father, we thank you for your goodness and mercy. And Lord, there are people out there bound by Satan. And we thank you, Lord God, you set the captives free. And so, Lord God, we thank you that you're not only a God of revival, but you're the Lord of the harvest. And we thank you for a harvest of souls in the days ahead. So thank you, Lord, for quickening us by your Spirit, reviving us by your Spirit. We worship you, Most High God. We worship you, our Lord and Savior Jesus, and we welcome you, Holy Spirit, in this place today. I speak and declare God's grace over this body of believers. And all God's people shouted, Amen. And all God's people really shouted, Amen. 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 Amen." You may be seated.
2: tithes and offerings if you need an envelope for your offering raise your hand the ushers will get you one I remind you if you want an accurate receipt at the end of the year for your giving for tax purposes you need to fill out the envelope accurately and legibly while they're doing that ushers whenever you're ready you may go ahead and receive the tithes and offerings while they're doing that I have a couple announcements that I need to make um Number one, there is, if you haven't noticed, there's just a lot going on in the nation. Almost more than I can comprehend. On September 12th in the morning and at 6 o'clock at night, Apostle Mike Keyes will be here. He has an apostolic ministry. That means he can lay a good foundation. He can build up the walls. He can help us. Be focused on where we need to go and what we need to do. And he's an excellent and outstanding teacher of the word of God. So I encourage you to make sure that you attend those services if at all possible. I also encourage, and we believe in lay up a storehouse of finances to give to him because it's good ministry to sow into. So that's, uh, September 12th, also September 16th, 17th and 18th and, uh, Actually, in Council Bluffs, Pastor Hank Kuhneman's church is putting on meetings with um, Mario Morello, Kent Christmas. We will attend some of those, if at all possible, get that information and and attend some of those that um, should be outstanding. The other thing I want to mention is one of the greatest fallacies in the church world, in the body of Christ, is that Christians shouldn't be involved in government. And I've never believed that. I've never been associated with ministers that did believe that. That is the reason that is one reason why our nation is in the pro, having the problems we are having today is because Christians have been passive. We need to be active. Now the thing that I struggle with and I've always been interested in government and things that are going on, but right now there is so much between Afghanistan, the rogue administration, the vaccine mandates that I believe, whether you want to get vaccinated or not, that's up to you, but to mandate and make everybody get vaccinated is unconstitutional. It denies us our freedoms, and it's wrong. So we're dealing with that we're dealing with things with the state school board, the local school board, even local government things. And we need to be alert. We need to be aware. We need to be prepared. Like last week I shared, we need to be sharper. We just got to sharpen up and come up a level. So really what needs to be done, like I just get overwhelmed. There's so much information out there and to just take hours every day to absorb all of that just isn 't feasible, so what we need to do is specialize you know somebody and, and then that those people can keep us aware of what 's going on, what we need to do, and absolutely prayer, the word of God, right. your relationship with God, and us being together in unity is. First and foremost, we've got to do those things, but we've got to get active and we've got to get sharp and we've got to be out there. So this morning, there's a, a movement. I don't know if you're aware. It's called Convention of States, and it is perfectly constitutional. It's an amendment. It'll be explained to you, and it was designed for a purpose just like we're dealing with now for a government that's spinning out of control in the wrong way. So Steve Justin is involved in this, and he's going to come this morning and give us some information on that to help us make aware, help you to see where you can get involved, things that you can do. And absolutely, Wednesday night prayer is vital. So Steve...
3: Okay, so, <coughs> excuse me. I am a volunteer with the Convention Estates Project, and there are several people in the, our community that are also doing this, and we're very active. And so I have three events that I want to make you aware of, but I want to give you just a little bit of an overview on what's uh, what the Convention Estates is really all about. Uh, it is... Um, Article 5 of our Constitution gives us two ways to amend our Constitution. The first way is through Congress, the normal way, the way that it's been done all the way up to this point. George Mason put this statement, and uh, the founders voted unanimously to add this because of times like these. And that is that, on the application of the legislatures of two thirds of the several states, Congress shall call a convention for proposing amendments so it 's a way for us to bypass Congress and we the people to do that and we, the people have in the state of Nebraska, have made application and are proposing uh, a resolution it 's called lr fourteen to join 15 other states currently that have passed this same resolution to call for a convention of the states. It takes 34 states to make this happen. So we have 15, and Nebraska has a chance in January to become the 16th state, unless North Carolina beats us to it. (laughs) Okay? So... Washington is broken. Unelected bureaucrats have stopped, uh, stripped states of their rightful decision-making authority. Consequently, the debt is out of control. Regulations are crushing free enterprise, and our freedoms have been diluted. And we have a solution as big as the problem. Article 5 of the Constitution allows the states to call a convention of states to propose constitutional amendments, to limit the federal spending, debt, and regulations. Amendments can put big government back into the constitutional box and restore the power, the states, of the people. There is currently a petition going, and I urge you to go to conventionofstates.com or check with me. I have some information. You can use a QR code, go there, and sign the petition. That's the first step to help us we need people, we need our government to know, our state governments I should say, our federal government is not wanting to participate in this of course Okay, so we need to let our state senators that they are the ones that got control of this, there's governor nobody else has control, our state senators, Mike Flood is our district senator and he is on board with this but You still can't let him know, you still got to continue to let him know that you support this because they can be, they can be, uh, well, whatever. (laughs) All right. So, um, to call uh, for an Article 5 convention's limits, proposing, uh, limited to proposing constitutional amendments that impose fiscal uh, restraints on our federal government limits the power and the jurisdiction of the federal government, and limit the terms of office for federal officials, bureaucrats, and members of Congress. Those are the three bullet points or the three items that our application, LR14, is addressing uh, that will be voted on in January. So how it works is uh, 34 states pass a resolution with the same subject matter, For the Convention of States, the states elect delegates, known as commissioners, to represent them at the convention. States send as many delegates as they want. However, each state only gets one vote. So delegates propose, debate, and vote on amendments at the convention based on the resolution that we're sending Proposed amendments passed by a majority of state delegates are sent to the states for ratification. That's the same process that Congress has. They have to send it to us. When 38 states ratify the proposed amendments, it becomes part of our Constitution. So this is a way for we, the people, to do this. Okay? Um, And... What um, Kathy said is is that this is the problem that we are having in our country is exactly that. We our country has lost all morality. We are not the our, we as Christians are not involved in the morality of our country. We got to get pick it up, and that's what this is all about. We can take back our country, and instill moral ethics into our our country. through this amendment process. And I can tell you it works because it's designed by God. Period. All right. So all that being said, I'm not the preacher. (laughs) We have three events going on real shortly here. Next weekend, next Saturday, uh we have a town hall meeting. In uh, Wakefield, Nebraska, which is not very far from here, we've had them in Norfolk, but uh, and we had numbers, and we had a lot of numbers there, and that's what we got Mike Flood, our senator, on board at that time. He was not on board prior to seeing that his constituents are serious about this. Now we have a senator in uh, district (laughs) over there in Wakefield. And she has yet to vote. We've been seven years getting this legislation out of committee. And this year we finally did it in this last legislative session. It was a historic, actually, and a historic thing that happened the way we had to do it. But anyway, uh, so um, anyway, we had a meeting. Mike came. And we sold him. So this legislator, she has not yet voted on any of the on any of the deals. So we don't really know where she stands yet because she ha- won't vote. She says she's kind of with us, but she's not voting. So that's why we've used the town hall in Wakefield. I'm just letting you know that right up front. It is Saturday, next Saturday. Um, um, August 28th from 1 to 3 o'clock at the Wakefield Civic Center. That's on 407 7th Street uh, in Wakefield, Nebraska, which is, if you don't know where that's at, it's about 10 miles east of Wayne. Uh, The other event we have going, if you can make that Wakefield deal, that would be great because we can put 300 people in the facility that I've rented and if we can fill it up, we would get her attention. I guess is what i 'm getting at. The other event that we're having is uh, next Sunday after worship here we're uh, a group of us with the Convention of States, and anybody from the public is welcome to come we're having hot dogs hamburgers we 're going to have a picnic at Tahazuka Park and we're going to have a brief kind of overview of what's going on currently with the Convention of states and then we're it's a day of of uh, relaxation, I guess. we got games and things like that. So everyone here is welcome. Um, and then the last thing is uh, September 16th. It's a Thursday. Is uh, from 12 to 3. We're having a rally at the state capitol on the north steps. It's all set up. We've, this is a, we're not just showing up. This is a, uh, an event that we're actually planning. And we have several of the state senators that support Convention of States will be talking at that time. And we have a goal of one thousand people or more uh, to be on the steps. One of the things we are doing is we're working on bus airline or bus lines to get people to go to this uh rally. If we can get a thousand to two thousand people standing on the steps of the Capitol, I feel confident. That LR14 will pass in January. We have to. We have to expedite this, people. We got to get going. We got to get it. We got to get it back. And so, uh, we do have a ways to go. And uh, so, anyway, I'm I asking you to consider prayerfully consider uh, joining us uh, if you're interested and you need a way down there. All you got to do is get a hold of me, and I will find. We will find ways to get you there. I can't think of any reason, none, why anybody would not take off a day of work or whatever the case may be, to let our legislators know that we need to save our country. That's all I have to say. Thank you. Amen. Thank you
1: we need to get involved. Bottom line, and. Uh, so let's support this and do what we can. And be led by the Spirit. There is a lot of things going on, but that's why we have the Holy Ghost. We have the anointing of God within us. Amen? Look in your Bibles to Colossians chapter 1, please. Colossians chapter 1. A couple of weeks ago, I did tell you that I was sitting in the uh, back there in the sanctuary, and the words came to me. Christ in you, and I knew where the scripture was from, and this is where I want to begin today, and in Colossians chapter 1, I want to look at verse 24, it says, Paul said, I now rejoice in my sufferings for you, and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church, of which I became a minister, according to the stewardship from God, which was given to me for you, to fulfill the word of God, the mystery, say mystery. Which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. To them, God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. Now, here, here in a nutshell, is the mystery, which is Christ in you. Say, Christ in me, the hope of glory. And so, this is this is our goal. This is our purpose: is to help you. And I, as believers, become more conscious of of the fact that Christ is living in us. You know, when you're dealing with things like this with your senators and in the state legislature and local government, you know, the devil likes to intimidate you. But if you know who you are in Christ... There's a confidence that's birthed within you. There's a boldness within you. When you know who you are. Amen? So that is so important. As believers, we can become so engrossed or distracted with the world and our flesh that we can forget what is is vital. Our relationship with Jesus. There's nothing more important, people, then your relationship, my relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? Now, we said the things we allow to dominate our thoughts will shape our future. I'll say it this way. You're a product today of what you're thinking. Your thinking how you think day after day after day. The thoughts that go through your brain will determine who you become. Let that sink in. Because if you're thinking, oh, I'm just a failure, I'm this, I'm I'm that, you're not going to accomplish much for God or the kingdom of God. But if you have the word of God and you meditate on it day and night, you're thinking about the things of God and your eyes are on Jesus, focused on Him, you're not distracted by everything else, you're going to do something. As a man... Thinketh in his heart so he is. What are you thinking about every day? Yes, you've got kids, you've got jobs, you've got responsibilities. But start your day. I told you last week that God spoke to my heart when you wake up in the morning. Remind yourself that you're a servant. So you start your day with a servant's mentality. You want to know who you are in Christ? You're a servant. Jesus came, not to be served, but to serve. Amen? So what's your thought life? We said, you and I must see ourselves through God's eyes. Does he see you as a failure? No, not at all. And this is what this book will do for you if you get the scriptures and meditate on these and and, and let this sink down deep into your heart. You'll know who you are in Christ, and you'll not be intimidated. That's the thing. As as a young minister, I was easily intimidated. I was moved by how people looked. You mean I could stand here on a Sunday morning and look at you and say, "Oh dear God, what am I going to do?" Just from the look on your face, like one of apathy and indifference. You know, and I I'll, I remember standing here being nervous, nervous, nervous. Now I'm not nervous anymore. Because I know the God who's in me. He's for me. He's not against me. It's the same God that's in you. He's for you. He's not against you. Amen? We said never judge yourself by your weaknesses. Your past is not the right measuring stick. Too many people overvalue what they are not and undervalue what they really are. And who are you? Your son and your daughter of the Most High God. And you don't need to live a life of fear. Amen. I want to read to you, there's a scripture. And I bet I lost it already. I want to read it from Isaiah. And I believe it's from Isaiah chapter 2. And I want to read a commentary because it, it's so good. And this is a scripture in Isaiah 2. It says this in verse 17. The loftiness of men shall be bowed down and the haughtiness of men shall be brought low. The Lord alone will be exalted in that day, but the idols he shall utterly abolish. Now, I want, I wanna, if I don't get much farther today than this, that's all right. I, I, want you to, I want this to sink in because I read this and I saw myself. Not so much now. Years ago. And it's entitled The Root of Pride. Everyone say pride. For most of us, pride has a tendency to keep cropping up. And it's because we often try to deal with the fruit rather than getting to the root. If we know a prideful person, then we know someone who is insecure. They may try to mask their insecurity with pompous-sounding words. To put it another way, the fruit of pride is what the world hears because of what we say. But what the world doesn't see is the insecurity in our hearts, the root of the problem. We can never successfully deal with pride until we deal with our insecurity. I'm going to say that again. He says, we can never successfully deal with pride until we deal with our insecurity. If we look closer, now listen, fear is what lies behind the insecurity. Fear that we won't be accepted or valued unless people know how great we are. Have you ever been around somebody who just talks about themselves all the time? So we talk about ourselves hoping to sound worthy to others. Yet our accomplishments are not what make us valuable. Our accomplishments is not what makes us valuable. Now listen. As born-again believers, we are sons and daughters of the King. That is where we get our worth and true identity. Maybe this was just for me. Judge him from looking at you today. No response. As born-again believers, I'll tell you why, because there's insecurity in every one of us in this room. It's the truth. We can sound like we're really something, but when it comes down to it, it comes down to pride, it comes down to fear, and it comes down to insecurity. Yet our accomplishments are not what make us valuable. Say this, my accomplishments do not make me valuable. As born-again believers, we are sons and daughters of the King. That is where we get our worth and true identity. And folks, if you leave with anything today, leave with that. It's not what we do. It's who we are. Let me say that again. It's not what we do in life. It's who we are in this life. Sons and daughters of the Most High God. See, now, if you start, thank you back there in that booth, God bless you. That's the way we need to think. Oh, you just don't know, Pastor, my background, where I came from, how hard it's been. I come from a dysfunctional family. We've all come from dysfunctional families. You don't have to look far in your family tree to find dysfunction. So, quit using that as an excuse. Well, pastor, I just don't have... I'm not college educated. Good. Because most of them are wacko. Because the liberal universities make them wacko. Just discover who you are in Christ and what... Your purpose is on planet Earth. If you don't know that, then take quality time and with God. Spend time with God until you do. And then just do that. Years ago, years ago when we started out in ministry and, you know, the day of humble beginnings. And I was associated with organizations that that a lot of the pastors had big churches and, you know, and and you you go to Tulsa and you see what's going on and how everything is just, it seems perfect, and then you look at what you have when you come home. We'd, We'd go to conventions and we'd come home and think, oh, I'll tell you something, and this is just my personal opinion, most of those people in the city don't understand this area most of those ministers in those cities they don't understand the rural area so i learned a long time ago it's not about how big you are it's it's important that that you're doing what god has called you to do and staying put there were the years of early ministry pastor mike we just wanted to leave We didn't want to stick around. We saw everything going to hell in a handbasket. We had poor leadership in the church. The people we were under were off. And we just wanted to escape to Monroe and live in a van down by the river. And we'd we'd go down there as an escape and we'd come home and we'd come over that viaduct. And I'd just be sick to my stomach, and I just did not want to. Oh, but we stayed. And if you'll stick and stay, there'll be payday. So don't despise the day of humble beginnings. I don't care what you do, where you're at in life. It doesn't make any difference. If you're doing what God's called you to do, just just know who you are in Christ. I'm a son of the Most High God. You are sons and daughters of the Most High God. So hold your head up. Don't be intimidated. Don't be insecure. We all go through that years of insecurity and fear and timidity. Now, Kathy and I, of course, more me, I don't care what you think of me. I want you to love me. Everybody wants to be loved. But if you don't like me, that's all right. Because my God loves me. And He puts up for my idiosyncrasies. And I got two or three. He puts up with my personality quirks. He still loves me. With an everlasting love. And it's the same way with you. So just be yourself, be what God's called you to be, and don't back down. Amen? Steve's got that in him. It's there. Amen? As believers, we can become so engrossed and distracted with the world and our our flesh, we too, can fit, we too can forget who we are in Christ. Now, I'll go just a little bit. Just give me a couple more minutes and, and uh, we'll unhook and then we'll pick up next time. I want to talk to you about this expression that the Apostle Paul, you'll find throughout Ephesians, Colossians, Philippians. It, you find this in him, in Christ. Amen. And, and this is what I want to address here. In our opening text, which I read you from Colossians chapter 1, we read, Christ in you, the hope of glory. The revealed mystery of God is Christ living in you. If you can just meditate on the fact, Christ is living in you. The creator of the universe, that just doesn't that blow your mind? Is living in you and I. The revealed mystery of God is Christ living in you. When Paul uses the expression, in Christ, he's revealing to you and I, the believer, the new life that we have now in Christ, the new relationship that we have with Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a what? New creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. You and I are no longer dominated by the flesh. We don't have to be dominated by the devil. Amen. But we're prompted and led by the Holy Ghost. You and I are now citizens of a new kingdom. Colossians 1.13 says, He has delivered us. What tense is that? Past. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of His love in whom we have redemption through His blood. The forgiveness of sins. We're we're in a different kingdom now. I won't. You told me not to get too involved in making this, but I'm going to. I want to fork fest. How many want to fork fest? Just us. Good. The art council held it, not the city. So we went because they had the food trucks, and we like that. I like to support what Norfolk's doing. We need to do that. But I sat there, and I thought to myself, oh, I got job security. There's no, I don't have to be nervous about not having a job. Because I saw a lot of weird, And you know what? God loves weird people. I love weird people. I like different people. Amen? That's why I like Nate. You are different. But you're my kind of different. Yeah. And (laughs) Kaylee's dad was there and made the statement to Caleb. Them people got tattoos all over their arm. And Caleb was really nice. He's just kind of, yeah. That's society today. They're still, still after me to get a tattoo. I just don't need a... This arm doesn't look great anymore. I don't need a tattoo. But I saw a lot of people... That we're hurting. When you have to dress like that and prate around like that and talk like that, it's just saying, I'm hurting. I'm a hurting, insecure individual. Help me. So I left there thinking, you know, $17 a piece ticket. I didn't pay for it. She did, so I was all right. But I'll tell you what, folks. It opens your eyes when you go places like that and you see. There's a hurting world out there. They're weird. But they need Jesus. And we've got to be careful we don't judge and be critical of that because they're just doing what they can all they know what to do they're not new creatures in Christ new creations in Christ Jesus yet but if we refrain from stepping out and talking to people ministering to people because they look different talk different act different how are we going to reach them well pastor i'm just not geared toward that well you sure you can change Some of that I I, I don't like, but in some respects I'm tolerant of a lot of that. I, I can accept that because I've been in the antique business for years and I've dealt with a lot of gay people. They need Jesus. Jesus loves them. Each believer, now listen to this statement, and then I'll quit. You believe that? Each believer is placed into Christ at the point of the new birth, but he is in or she is in Christ as a seed. And unless the spiritual roots themselves in the life of Christ or the Word of God or go down into the Word of God, they're placed into, stability is impossible. Let me say that again. When you become a born-again child of God, Christ is in you. He's in you. But you start your spiritual life just like you did your physical life as a child, a baby, an adolescent man teenager adult he's in you as a seed and if you look in the in in the parable of the soils the devil he is the seed eater and he comes to steal that seed and unless you have a good spiritual root system you' you won't make it You have to develop the things of God. You know, Paul said, I pray till Christ be formed in you. Christ has to be formed in you. Christ has to be formed in me. You have to grow. That seed has to to grow and sprout and and bear fruit. But unless you stay hooked up to the vine. We started talking about. You know, about root systems, getting planted. You've got to get planted in the Word. Do you know how I almost have more tolerance with the world and how weird they are than with born-again Christian believers that won't get planted in a local church? That bothers me more than the, the world. I have more grace and tolerance for the world than I do for Christians that just go from church to church and don't put down a spiritual root system. you got to get planted in the house of the Lord if you're going to bear fruit. You can't be roaming around. You have to get planted. And that's probably why I don't attract a whole lot of people. Because I expect them to put some roots down. I expect you to be here on Sunday morning. I expect things. I wouldn't be a good preacher. Your dad's no different. You've got to get here. Let's stand up. Because when you stand up, then that helps me remember I said I was going to close. God's moving. He's sure doing a work in my heart. I, I'd like to believe he's doing a work in your heart. Father, today, Holy Spirit, today, I, I, I gave them a few scriptures to meditate upon. But I pray, Lord, they leave with their head held high, knowing That they're a child of the living God. And there be a desire birthed in each one of them. To get planted. In the word of God day after day. And get planted in the church. Because that's the only way we're going to renew our mind to the fact that we're sons and daughters. Of the most high God. And citizens of a new kingdom. In the name of Jesus, I pray for everyone here today. As they go out, they go forth this week in their job, their family, their responsibilities. They constantly renew their minds to the fact of who they are in Christ. Greater is he that is in them than he that is in the world. So thank you, Father for your goodness and mercy in this new week. Thank you, Father, for your divine favor that surrounds each one of us as with the shield. Thank you, Father. It's your will that we prosper and be in health even as our soul prospers. We love you. Use us, Lord God. Strengthen us to be the bold believers, children of God that we need to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you, uh, anyone here need prayer for your physical body? If you're sick in your body, I don't want you to leave here without us praying for you. The Bible says that we can lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Amen? So we're going to do what the Bible says. And you're going to... Thank you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray... Jesus, we loose that healing anointing. Infirmity is bound and healing is loosed. In the name of Jesus, for healing is in the name. We thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hmm. Thank you, Lord. The Spirit of God would say, You're in a new day. It's a day to be more bold and vocal. You've been faithful in the days past, but the words of your mouth are like a sword going forth and touching the hearts and lives of people. You have more effect than you think you do with those around you every day. It's because of who you are in Christ Jesus. Lord, let his words be grace-filled words, even more so in the days ahead. You've opened new doors for him. And I thank you, Lord, for a fresh anointing, a tongue as the pen of a ready writer. In Jesus' name, I loose a greater boldness In Jesus' name, Jesus' name, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We lose healing anointing today upon Diane. Let Let that anointing flow through her body, quicken her mortal body. In Jesus' name, Jesus' name. You say, why'd she fall? That's just yielding to the Spirit of God and the anointing of God. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? Well, God's always good and always has a purpose when we come together. So prayers on Wednesday night. We'll keep praying for the city. Amen. God bless you. Anything else? Next Saturday, Wakefield. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Steve, for informing us. Amen. God bless you.